It's like it's like a rainbow flag. It's like stop. Like matter of fact, when we were at McKinney this weekend, they were having a parade. They were setting up for a parade, and of course, there's a float with all kinds of fruitcake flags. I'm like, dude, really? Nobody cares. Like nobody cares. You want people to care, but we're getting tired of this now. Mm. Now they have a new flag. It was all like weird colors. Like it's dude. It's it's so it's so stupid. It's so stupid. It's like they have to be unique little snowflakes. Have their own flag now. Bunch of flaggets. <laughs> Welcome to the All-American Savage Show Podcast with your host, John Burke, and his far more attractive co-host, me. Now, let's get into it. That's what your mom said. Ring-a-ling, hear them ring, ting-a-ling, soon it will be Christmas Day. City sidewalks, busy sidewalks, dressed in holiday style. In the air, there's a feeling of Christmas. Children laughing, people passing, meeting smile after smile. And on every street corner, you It's Christmas time in the city. Ring-a-ling. Ring-a-ling. Hear them ring. Hear them ring. Soon it will be Christmas Day. of streetlights, even stoplights, blink a bright red and green as the shoppers rush home with their treasures. Hear the snow crush, see the kids rush, this is Santa's big day, and above all this bustle, you Silver bell, the corner Santa Claus. Silver bell is busy now because it's Christmas time in the city. And welcome back to the All American Savage Show podcast. I am your host, John Burke, with my beautiful bearded Jewish life partner right here sitting beside me operating those controls like the pro that he is. We have Josh in the house. I figured that should be like followed by some applause or something. I don't know. It sounded better. It sounded better to my head. That was a good intro. Sounded great to me, buddy. Sounded great to you. Oh, my gosh. It is a Monday Monday afternoon. Glad to have you back with us here in the All-American Savage Show. Studios in downtown Dallas. Well, more like Richardson. It's Richardson. Close to Dallas. People don't know what Richardson is. They're just like, where's that? It's like, it's right outside of Dallas. So, yeah. oh, man. What'd you do this weekend? Usual dad stuff. Usual dad stuff. Yeah. Just nothing. Tinkered around the house. <laughs> what, was the tink- what did the tinkering involve? Was there a lot of tinkering? Cl- cleaning. Cleaning? Oh, yeah, we did that, too. Laundry, that kind of stuff. Birthday parties. Birthday party? Wait, what was school that? School functions. Really? All over the weekend? Birthday party and school functions? Oh, yeah. Oh, Christmas stuff? Christmas stuff, when yeah. your kid? When did the kids get out for Christmas? Uh, I think in, like, a couple weeks. couple weeks? We only have, like, what, two? What's today, the 11th? Today is the, yeah. I have to look. I don't my, know. My wife handles all that stuff. <laughs> I'm just here for it. That's all I'm really here for. Yeah, it's I got to write down the kid's school in my arms so I remember where it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We had a busy, busy week. Uh, Friday, we had a performance. So 
We uh we came back from the debates and then we had a performance at a private party. It was a massive Persian party. And our, our instructors, uh, one of them is she's Persian. So she has a lot of connections in the Persian community in, in, in Dallas. And so there had to be like at least 75 guests at this thing. And they were just like, we're going to go into this one little area of the house and we're going to perform a few numbers. You're going to do what they call social dancing, which is just dance to a song versus choreography. I was like, okay, first time do I've never danced socially in a public event outside of like the Malongas that we go to. So I was like, I'm a little nervous on this one, but I feel like a lot better doing social dancing than choreography. So we go in there and it is just like, you walk in the door and it's like, oh, these ain't my people. <laughs> these ain't my people. These are the rich, rich mofos out there. Like they got money. They've got serious, like beautiful, beautiful banister going up to the second floor, massive pool in the backyard, uh, grand piano right there in the living room. It's just like, oh yeah, wow. They're like dance monkey. <laughs> yeah, pretty dance much. For us. Dance for me, clown. Okay. At your feet. They throw like coins at us. <laughs> dance. I said dance. Uh, no, but it was really, they were really nice. Um, we did the performance. I'm not going to lie. I took a little bit of a halo gummy prior and I was, I was pretty baked, but I was like, that's the only way to deal with anxiety in certain cases to where, I mean, it wasn't like super big, but it definitely helped pull down the level of anxiety to where it's like, I just don't care, which is a great feeling to have. It's like, you, you're more relaxed, you're more in tune, but, uh, it was a good experience, you know? Um, half of them didn't give a damn. They were Did all you just feel like Swayze and uh, dirty dancing. Oh, you know it. Put baby in a corner. I dare you. See what happens. Nah, it was, uh, it was, it was a lot of fun, man. It was a good experience. And, uh, yeah, a lot of them didn't care, which kind of sucked because not so much that we were dancing, but it was just like our our uh, our coaches to get to that level of being a dance uh, professional dancer, specifically, specifically tango dancer. Like you're not going to that's rare. It's very rare to find a professional to that level. They're not everywhere, except like if you go to Buenos Aires, they're everywhere. But nobody was paying attention. There's like a few women that were watching out of all these guests. They were outside just drinking and it was a nighttime in the evening. All the women were on one side of the house and all the men were on the other. There was like no intermingling hardly at all, which I found to be interesting. But it's I don't know if that's Persian culture. I have no idea. But it was a great environment. But yeah, a lot of the women were just kind of like off doing their own thing, sitting around uh, looking at each other. And then the men were outside in their nice dinner jackets and stuff, all talking about the Dow Jones and stuff. I don't know. Something like that. Uh, yeah, a little yeah, nose. Yeah. No, I don't think that's big in the Persian. Well, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I was just kidding. Oh, okay. Well, there we go. Now we're just, uh, we're pissing off the Persians here. So, mm. but no, we did that Friday. And then Saturday we had the Saturday we had the Malanga. That's the dance party we go to every once a month. That was a lot of fun. And then uh, tango all day Sunday. And then uh, did some, we had to clean the house, get everything ready. Uh, lost the chicken. Uh, dude, now, chat, you tell me if I'm wrong on this one. So we, we have a gated yard and sometimes I leave the front gate open and cause I never really think anything about it, but, uh, we, we let the chickens roam around the yard and nothing ever bothers them. There's no predators out there. It's all fenced off. It's all high fence, thankfully. But I left the, the front gate open and then Sheila was in the, uh, her vanity room and she was doing her makeup. She said something just ran by the window. I was like, oh crap. So I go running out there and they've got one of the chickens. There's three dogs, three neighbor dogs, neighborhood dogs. And I like scare them away and they go running out and they kill one of my chickens. But I was like, what, would I be justified in shooting those dogs? Cause the thing with that chicken though, people, it's just a chicken. That chicken took me nine months to raise and to start laying. That's a lot of money invested in that. Would I be justified in like, say for example, grabbing a shotgun going and blasting those old things? Cause they're just neighborhood dogs running wild. Are they? Yeah. yeah well, I know, like I know one of them belongs to a house down the road, but it's like, if you're not going to contain your dog and it's coming on my property, yeah. I have every right to shoot it. But it's just like, and I don't want to shoot a dog. There's a beautiful dog. It's like an Australian shepherd. But it's like, if you come on my property and you start killing my chickens, like, dude, 
I don't know. I just I kind of felt like uh, people say in the chat, yeah, you would. Yeah, it's justified to protect your livestock. Yeah, I agree. Check state laws. Florida used to be a livestock state. If you kill the dog, oh, well, just bury it. <laughs> yeah. She was like, what are you going to do if you kill it? I was like, I didn't think that far. Probably burn it. I don't know. Burn it. I don't know. But like, I was, I was, so, I was, road, I was, so, <laughs> I was so pissed. I was like, and I felt bad for the chicken. Like every time I, I'd like called them, they'd come running. So now there's two. And what made matters you even only worse? Two chickens left. I got two chickens left. How many did you start with? Seven. The Ugh. dogs. The dogs is the biggest predator. Athena's killed two. The neighborhood dog at the old house killed like three. Jeez. Or two. So now, yeah, so next spring, I'm going to buy, like, 10 more chickens because the casualty rate's freaking finished. It's hard to raise chickens, dude. Like, everything wants to kill these poor little things. They're just out there trying to get a cluck, and you got everything, like, out there, and their mom hunting these poor little feathery bastards. Like, this sucks. So now we're down to two eggs a day. That's why but they I crossed the road so they didn't get killed. I'm telling you, dude, these dogs. The hell like, out of there. So now we got to make sure we keep the fence closed. Outside of that, there's no, like, predators out there. Like, I, I look for hawks, nothing. So it's like, okay, we have a good spot of land. And I don't want to keep them caged up. I mean, they have a good size cage. Don't get me wrong. It's like a good 12 footer by six footer. They have enough room. But anybody that raises chickens knows that they kill all the grass that's there. They dig it up. But you also want to let them roam free and run around and do their chickeny stuff. So, but yeah, lost a uh, lost a chicken. I was pretty pissed about that. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, rested rested feathers. I thought about eating it. I was like, ah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if she would want to eat it because we love these chickens. They're nice. And I know that's you have to have that level of emotional separation from livestock. But when you got three chickens, it's like I call them my girls, my baby girl, my little chicken girls. I like, hate hey, hey, my little nuggets. But um, I was like, man, we, we could we could eat it. I was like, better not. I don't think she would have eaten it. She'd been like, I, I can't eat this chicken without feeling guilty. It's like, yeah, but I can. Pass the butter. Pass the butter. <laughs> Pass the butter. Oh, my God. They do eat all the bugs. Yeah. Um. Anyway, John sure likes to choke some chickens, bro. Uh, you need to do something. The dogs will now return for more chick. Yeah, I am concerned about, well, I'm, I'm closing the gate now permanently. I'll keep it, you know, always closed, but it's just like, did you talk to your neighbor? I, I thought about it. I was like, but what am I going to say? Like, Hey, your dog killed one of my chicken. They have like 45 chickens too of their own, but well, it was two other dogs. Well, it was two other dogs. Whom I didn't recognize. I recognized the Australian shepherd one, but, uh, you know, I probably should go talk to him. Like, Hey, you need to keep your dog close. Cause they killed one of my chickens. And I'm not asking for repayment, but I mean, I probably should, but I don't know. You'd think so. You'd think. Now, I mean, I need to go, first, I need to go get a shotgun and keep it right there by the door. So if they come back, just blow those little crap. Irks me, man. Irks me. But anyway, ah, that was the weekend. And then we still got to go Christmas shopping. I don't even know what to get you. You have to get me anything. Bull crap. I still got to get your birthday present. I'm a present. grown man. You're a grown man. Yeah, I don't, I don't We're all presents. kids inside. Don't even. Don't. Every dude says that. It's like, I don't, I need, don't presents. need presents, but I would like a nice, comfortable sweater if you're in the market. I'm just saying. Yeah, that's um, a, an itchy sweater. Right. Oh, my God. That was the worst. Speaking of itchy sweaters, uh, you need to shave your chest hair. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> we went to downtown McKinney. Uh, I have, there's a local farm farmer down there that uh, it's a butcher, excuse me, and he farms. It's his stock that he, he slaughters and stuff, and he has a subscription to where once a month, once a month it's like 20, $125. You get two cuts of Wagyu beef, and then a, they pair it with a wine of their choosing. And the wine's value is around $70 to $80. So you're getting a good wine on this one. So it's always nice to try new different wines, see what they pair well with. And uh, we go down there, and apparently there was a thing called a wine walk. You ever heard of this? Uh-uh. It's a wine walk. So uh, downtown McKinney, let me paint you a little mental picture. So if you're listening, close your eyes, unless you're driving. If you are driving, I mean, this should, you know, videotape. It should be interesting to see that crash. No, don't do it. Don't do it. Um so imagine like an old 1950s square in a town. You've got the, the the church, but it's actually a performing arts center in the center, in the middle. You've got like an old bank, and it's like old, just nice. What um, do the water fountains say? 
Is this a joke or are you just yeah, being? No, no, I'm just kidding. Oh, okay. That bombed. It's 1950s town. Bro, that bombed. That bombed hard. Yeah. So uh, they even have the uh, they have a place where you can get your laundry done, but it's only for uh, only for uh, you can't wash your your uh, your colors in there because it says whites only. So nah, I'm kidding. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say that. It's actually a really beautiful town, and they have all kinds of mom and pop businesses all around the town square. You could spend a good like three hours there walking from uh, store to store. But anyway, they had a wine walk, so you go purchase a ticket, and Sheila and I are pulling up to go get our meat. That's right. I said said that it's my meat. And we see everybody with these lanyards, and it has like a little uh, plastic hole in the bottom of it, and their wine goblet or wine glass sits in it. So you literally carry your wine around your neck. And I thought, okay, I'm here for this. Let's go check this out. So Sheila was like, you know, I look at her, I was like, what do you think? And she always gives me that little Louis Doe-eyed, like, what do you want to do? It's like, what do you want to do? It's like, let's go check it out. It's like, all right. So we go and check it out. It was like 45 bucks for a ticket. And you go to each store. Now, this is... I love looking at this from a business perspective. Brilliantly done. Number one, people are getting liquored up on wine. It doesn't take a lot of wine to get most people buzzed, especially if it's a good quality wine. But what are you doing? The refill stations with different kinds of wines are in each of these stores, select stores that opted in to do this thing. So there was like, say, for example, there was a hat store and they sell like really high end cowboy hats, nicer hats. And in the back is the wine area. So you go get your refill back there, but you have to walk through the entirety of the store to get there. And they're making sales. And I'm just sitting there. It's like, good for them, man. Good for them for coming together as a community and doing something so awesome that it incentivizes people to come out and do the one thing that Americans love doing, and that's getting just liquored up and drunk on Christmas. Why? Because we have in-laws, and that's the only way to deal with these people. So, no. And then you go into these stores, and it was just, man, it was really nice to see people out there supporting a lot of these mom-and-pop businesses because you know these are like the best sales they get all year. Um, we went in there, uh, we got Sheila a nice little sweater. We got her a trench coat for, uh, when we go to Spain, uh, and everything was marked down. It was a really discount, good rate. And, uh, and then we just walked around. We had mold wine, we went to the local tea shop where we get a Christmas blend of, uh, spices. We had a piece of, uh, peppermint pie. It's really good. It's called a pie emporium. And these pies are massive and they're like 40 bucks for it, but it's huge. This? In McKinney. Huh. It's called like the premium pie emporium or something like that. But, oh, it was so good, dude. It was such a great, and the weather was perfect. And then we we stopped into the Celt, went upstairs, had two car bombs. I mean, we had to do that. It was like, you got to have a car bomb. That is a cool bar. I love the Celt. The Celt is just a great place. I mean, they know me by name over there. It's like, because I'm an alcoholic. No, not really. I just, I love the food. I love Irish pub. Dude, if, if, if we could make one dream come true without having to go through the hell to do it, it'd be opening up an Irish pub. But I just know the the loops that we'd have to jump, the hoops we'd have to jump through would be uh, not worth it. It's like, we got shell shock. We're doing good. But imagine owning an Irish pub, like on Friday nights, like let's get out of the pub and we'll have somebody else run it, of course. Sure, well, you know? obviously. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm not, I'm, I don't even know how to make a drink. So what am I going to do? I'll screw up your order. How about that? You come in and it's like, I like a cheeseburger. He's like, you want fries? It's like, yeah. And here's a salad. I'll do it for the obese customers. It's like, look, I'm, this is a, this is a restaurant. We imply what you should be eating. Here's a piece of rice. <laughs> hey, yo. <laughs> Oh, it's so bad. It's so uh, bad. It's rough one. Ah. Uh, <laughs> hey, do me a favor, folks. If you're watching on Rumble, hit that like button and leave a comment on the stream. It actually helps us with the algorithm. We greatly appreciate you being here. This episode today is brought to you by ShellshockCBD.com. Well, what makes Shellshock so special? Well, I'll tell you. It's that every single one of our products on ShellshockCBD.com comes with a 100% money-back guarantee. That is right. Whatever you purchase from us, if it does not do as we advertise it to do for you, I will refund your money. Personally, I will fly to your house and I will throw the money in your face. No, that's not going to happen. No, seriously though, you can 
get your money back if it doesn't work for you. Now, folks, we've had a lot of questions about the ambassador program that we have relaunched. Here's the, here's the deal. Say like you want to make some side money. We got you covered. Scroll all the way down to the bottom of the website and you see the uh, affiliate program link there. Click on that. You can sign up on your own. You want to join us in the arena? Sign up. You click the sign up button. It will basically, you create an account and it will give you a QR code, a link, and a code. And it's just that easy. You recommend us. You people use your code. You get paid. I'm not lying about this. We've got like, we've had like almost like 200 people sign up for this thing. And we've already paid out some people like upwards of $100 in sales just from them posting on social media. That's all you have to do. No, you don't have to buy in. You have to pay. I mean, you probably should have the product if you're going to advertise with us. I mean, I, I would just suggest that. Um, but if you're, if you're interested, there it is right there. So any product that you have, say like, you know, we've got, we just launched the new energy, strict, uh, energy drink stick mixes. These things are amazing. Strawberry, kiwi, fruit punch, lemonade. Say like you post this and say, oh, by the way, here's my link. And somebody uses your link. You just generated 10% of that sale. It's commission based. So there you go. You don't have to buy in. It's not some dude on the Facebook group was like, this is an MLM scheme. It's like, do you know what an MLM scheme is? This is ambassador networking. That's all this is. Yeah. So we've just opened it up to the public. So if you go to shellshockcbd.com, scroll all the way down, bottom of the website, to the affiliate program. It says our company, and then under it says the affiliate program. There you go. You can sign up right there. And then, hey, you make sales, you get paid. It's just that simple. It is just that simple. You can't beat it with a brick stick. It's great stuff. It is. It, it truly is great stuff. We're very blessed. We're very fortunate to have such a successful company. Telling you, we had a lot of people on Twitter hit me up. I was like, bro, your Delta 9 is top notch. Like I had one veteran said it put me right to sleep. I was like, bro, I can't even do Delta 9. It gets me baked out of my gourd. Really? Like even the chocolate, I'm still hazy. I had some of the chill. Well, she, Sheila's doing a, um, she's gonna be doing a video today on like Christmas treat stuff. And do y'all, do y'all see these videos on uh, Instagram, Rumble? Do you like these videos? She does the, um, Oh, she does the the various different kind of treats with like the Delta A chocolate or the blueberry the Christmas tree. That yeah. was good. She's gonna be doing another one now. She's got another one planned Strong. for us. Well, so yeah, it that Delta A chocolate is no joke. It is no joke. She melts it. That she takes a she she'll break off a square that's forty milligrams, but also have other chocolate already made, and she melts it in there and mixes it. So it dilutes it to an extent. But not enough to where you don't take a bite and then like 30 minutes later, yeah. like, fuck, oh, bro. It is, and it's intense. It is intense. So it'll get you thinking. It will, bro. It, it just sit or drooling, one of the two. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, shellshockcbd.com. And these, my, my, I have coffee that Sheila made this morning, but after this, I'm going to have one of these um, energy. I've had to stop with the uh, energy drinks. I feel so bloated now. I'm not even lying. It's one of these things, like I had one yesterday on the way to Tango because we, we practiced for about like three hours. So I have to have energy. And I, I just started drinking the one and I just really noticed. I was kind of on a little, I wouldn't say a fast, but it was like I, I felt really bloated for the last couple of days. So I'm kind of drinking a lot more water. And I, I had two sips and instantly I felt so bloated. It's like, it's gotta be the energy. They're horrible for you. So I'm gonna try and do my best to pull off the energy drinks and do more of the drink mixes. Yeah. And the drink mixes we have are, they're, they're good, they're fine. It's not gonna like bloat you. It's CBD, uh, a lot of, lot of great products in there. Uh, and also the strawberry kiwi, I think is my favorite one. It tastes really is good. Is it? Yeah, it's pretty damn good. I don't know, the fruit punch is good. The thing I like about I, the fruit punch. I celebrate punch, all of them. I, <laughs> they're all delicious. It's too. diversity day. No, I like I like that the fruit punch isn't so powerful or potent that it's it's too sweet. Yeah, you know it's it's nice nice go between. All right, folks, I forgot to do it last time, but we're you know in an effort to combat voter ignorance, it's time to go to school, kiddies. It's time to go back to war. I'm not gonna lie, bro. I I felt so spoiled this morning because um 
woke up still high, took a shower. Um, and I, I was just like, man, I would love to just lay in this beanbag I have in here and just read today. Just, just relax. And I was like, you know, you could, but then I, I was just kind of like, what are you complaining about? You literally go to work, you run a company that's pretty much self-running at this point, And you're talking to a microphone for an hour. What the hell are you on about right now? So it's like, all right, I'll go to work. <laughs> it's like, okay, time to get it, back okay. to work. Uh, it's such a hard thing to do to sit here and whine and complain to people. But you listen, so it's your fault just as much as mine. So, but anyway, appreciate you guys. Um, sincerely, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Especially all the success on Rumble. They keep featuring us, which the views are insane. It's, it's awesome to see. And if, you, if it's your first time viewing, make sure you hit the follow and like button. Make sure your notifications are turned on. So we appreciate that. Uh, but no, we're going to a segment now where I want to uh, delve into the Constitution and we're going to learn together. I think a, a big reason, it's time to, again, it's time to get serious now, a big reason why a lot of politicians tell the lies they do, why I feel like America is in the condition it's currently in is due to a massive part of voter ignorance in the sense of we don't really understand what the Constitution really implies or what it, what it provides people, not implies, what it actually provides people. And so identifying this as a, as a key issue out there. So it's like, I want to read the constitution together. Not a lot, just small bits, every episode. And maybe you learn something. We've already covered the, uh, the preamble, uh, 52 words there talks about the intent of the founding fathers in the document. And it's pretty simple to understand, but let's go ahead and continue. We're going to go to section one, Congress, all legislative powers herein granted shall be vested in a Congress of the United States, which shall consist of a Senate and house of representatives. Um, here we go. This is a, a common interpretation. Article 1, Section 1 provides all legislative powers herein granted shall be vested in a Congress of the United States, which shall consist of a Senate and a House of Representatives. I feel, and I'm just push pause here. Now, let's just be honest, Rumble. Well, let's, let's have a little come to Jesus meeting. I'm not going to judge you on this. Do you feel like a lot of people don't understand how Congress works? And it's okay if you don't. It, it's, I'm not going to make fun of you. I think the goal here is it's to educate people. Because I think when you tune into a lot of these programs like Glenn Beck, like Bongino, and the rest of these guys, it's like they, they know it. Clearly they do. But, I mean, do they do, do they do any deep dives on it, like actually familiarize people with the Constitution? No. And I'm not knocking them. No. But I just feel like I, I don't want to insult people's intelligence, but I also want people to come tune in and say, look, I don't know a lot about the government and how it works. I'm interested in learning outside of like watching a YouTube video. Cause I'll admit there are certain things that I'm learning as we go too. It's like, okay, I was not aware that's how it works. Interestingly enough, because it's, we have Congress, but then you've got the subcommittees, you've got all the, what their, what their functionality is for. And it's very in depth, but it's actually very beautiful in a sense of just how the checks and balances of our government work, uh, regardless of who's in charge. So let's continue. Uh, the constitution first vests all federal legislative powers in a representative bicameral Congress, meaning two houses. Central to the social compact, this lawmaking institution forms the foundation of the federal government and allows the people's representatives to act together for the common good. Article 1, Section 1, it establishes several fundamental features of the Congress. 1. Bicameralism. The framers of the Constitution of 1789 created a powerful national legislature to represent both the people and the states, yet they also feared its awesome power and therefore determined to limit that power in order to protect individual liberty. The vesting clause embodies two strategies for limiting Congress's power. 
One strategy was to condition legislation upon the agreement of two differently constituted chambers. See the Federalist number 51 and James Madison. I do want to read the Federalist Papers with people. Uh, it's very, it, it kind of gives you a context of what they were thinking as far as the Constitution goes and stuff like that. Arguments for it. Um, I think that would be an also cool dive too. Uh, with smaller districts and short terms, the House of Representatives was expected to be responsive to we the people, but hasty popular measures could be... Um, ameliorated or killed in the Senate whose members serve for longer terms and were selected by the state legislatures until enactment of the 17th amendment. Uh, we're going to stop there. I don't, like I said, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this because I know people can kind of get bored, but it's just very simplistic. We already talked about again, section one, uh, defining Congress, what its purpose and intent is. So there we go. Uh, John reading this makes me feel like we're watching the end of a GI Joe cartoon and knowing that is knowing is half the battle. <laughs> hey, yo, yeah, no, nah. I just, uh, like I said, it's good to kind of delve into these things and um, just educate ourselves. That's uh, that's the goal. Educate voters. So, uh, quiz. We're gonna do a quiz real quick. The preamble. What was it also known as? Which what kind of clause? Not the Santa kind. Nah, no little Timmy. The preamble, fifty-two words, was also it's also known as what clause? Come on, Rumble. Tell you what, whoever gets it right, you get a free packet of the uh, energy drink mix. You got first one to comment in the Rumble chat. First one to comment in the Rumble chat. It's known as what clause? I'm waiting to see. Waiting to see. Now you now you got to pay attention. Oh, they're all googling it. They're all they're all googling it at home. I know they are. I would too. I don't blame them. <laughs> I would totally do. Uh, nobody's answered it yet. We still have nobody answering. You see, if you're listening to this later. Uh, an acting clause. There it is, Caleb. Nicely done. Caleb TM28. Do him do me a favor. Email us support at shellshockcbd.com. Give us your full name and address. Say that you won today's giveaway. We're gonna send you out a free packet of the uh energy stink drink energy stick drink mix. I can never say there that right. Is. There you go. Well done. Somebody said white claw. White claws. Yeah. <laughs> you people don't even pay attention to what we're doing. This I don't even know why I'm doing it. Well, at least somebody was listening. Well done, sir. Well done. Enactment clause. Very good. Preamble, 52 words, enactment clause. All right, let's get into the news today. Alex Jones returns to Twitter. Everybody see this, right? Alex Jones has returned to Twitter. Here's the deal. Elon was right. It's like, bring him back. Yeah, you talk about free speech. People that were banned under uh, the the uh, Jack uh, Dorsey era regime, whatever you want to call it, dictatorship. Yeah. Um, he brought him back. And I was glad. To, I am not a fan of Alex Jones. I don't listen to him. I know you like him. Um, I personally, I mean, he's gotten some things right. I'm not going to, I won't deny that, but I, I'm just not a fan of his show. But that being said, it was, Elon was right to bring him back. It's like, don't sit there and say that you're a free speech absolutist. And then you ban Alex Jones. And I think Elon, he talked about when he first bought Twitter, he said that Alex Jones will not come back because of the Sandy Hook incident. Mm -hmm. He's like, you know, when you basically use dead children to further a political narrative, you're just a disgusting person. But uh, I think Alex Jones, I could be wrong, has teamed up with Steven Crowder. Yeah. Now, I think they're in a business thing together now, which... I don't know about that. I, oh, just, okay. I know that he's been on his podcast. Well, I think he said... He, I, I could be wrong, but I thought that it was one of those things that he, um, he he's part of the Mug Club thing. I could be wrong on that one. I just saw a brief snippet. But I was like, interesting how that happens. And then Steven Crowder's the first one out there screaming for Alex Jones to come back. Yeah. Which is like, you know, it's business. I get it. Yeah, sure. You want to get your other voice on there. Fair enough. I'm glad to see Elon did it. He said it's going to be up to the people and the people voted and people wanted Alex Jones back. And instantly, liberals started screaming at the sky. I got an article here for one woman, a civil rights lawyer, has now left the platform. 
I love I love okay. how just yeah I know some it, of us were just kicked <laughs> off. I know it's like they view it as like when you allow someone on this platform that you disagree with. They view it legitimately as a personal threat to them. Yeah. It's like, I will not be on a platform that gives these people a voice to speak. It's like, okay, but these are also the same people that say words are violence. Right. So I guess it makes sense in their, their twisted, demented, moronic heads that they would say something just so stupid. It's like, okay, Alex, there's, there's so many voices on Twitter that I don't even want to listen to, but all you got to do is mute or block them. That's yeah. all you have to do. It's, it. it's not like, you know, super easy. There's like gangs of like pitchfork, to, you know, uh, torch wielding peasants, like screaming for Alex Jones fans and like, let's go kill those that don't like Alex. It's like, they're just, I don't know, man. I don't know how their brain works, but you, I just sit there and I read these articles and I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. It's like, it's really that big of a deal to you. Yeah. I was wondering why it took him so long personally to let him back on. Well, when you have a big name like Crowder over on Twitter, pushing them, you know, it, that definitely helps. Yeah, it sounded like it had something to do with Bob Iger, too. Oh, I don't know. Why, why, why do you say that? Uh, now, I did see Elon going at it with Bob Iger on Twitter. Like, oh, my God. Going back and forth, the sponsorship stuff, yeah, and then all of a sudden yeah. he lets Alex Jones back on. Yep. Like, uh, <laughs> if you're maybe, not careful, maybe, uh, yeah. I think they're all talking about, like, wanting to uh, move over to the Mastodon or the threads, the Instagram version. It's like, yeah, no. Okay, go ahead. Go, go for like- it. Yeah. Because it's going to go the same route. This as, is mega country. Yeah. It's like, dude, I'm sorry. I, I'm no fan of liberals by and large, but you need to be on the platform with them because that's that's what makes it fun. If I open Twitter, I know I'm going to get a face full of politics. That's also who I follow over there. Uh, if I go on my personal Instagram, it's a lot of tango stuff. If I go on my my public Instagram, it's just kind of like it's it's all politics. But these people, they just they make me laugh, man. They They sincerely make me laugh to where... You would think the world is coming to an end by Alex Jones returning to Twitter. But, and, and here's the part. The first thing Alex Jones does, he retweets Andrew Tate. And I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. So here we go. Here we go. I'm probably going to mute the guy. I, I don't listen to what Andrew, the, the nerds like Andrew Tate's have to say. They're, they're Fox. They're, 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 yeah, they're, we're alpha males. Like, you're nothing but like the dudes in the woods on men in, right, men in tights. Like, that's all you are. You just stop. And I'm sitting there, and you see, like, Andrew Tate and his brother Tristan, like, smoking cigars. It's like, you guys pose way too much. Like, the thing is, like, you're rich, but you lack one quintessential thing, class. You have no class whatsoever. You guys pose so hard. It's like you try so hard to just let the world know how alpha you are. But, you know, the fact is, the Alex Jones goes in there, retweets Tate, and I'm like, oh, the entertainer in me is just kind of like, this is about to get good. This is about to get so good. The turn of the Twitter bots, gay. <laughs> <laughs> Civil rights lawyer quits X after Alex Jones returns the platform. Um, uh, Sherilyn Eiffel said that with the return of Jones to the social media site, it cannot be a place where I put my energy, my ideas, my plans, my joy. Which Twitter are you on? Twitter, <laughs> Twitter does not offer any of that. Twitter is like, you better freaking put on the whole armor of God, dude, because you're going to need it. When you go in there, you got to have some thick skin. That's why I, I don't read comments. Like, I've turned, I turned my, uh, my notifications off to people I don't follow, so I only read comments from people I do follow. On occasion, I'll have a little intellectual joust with a peasant every so often because it's fun. It makes for good entertainment. But outside of that, there's just really no point. It's like you're going to have a million different people having a million different opinions. What's the point in reading the comments? Especially when you're political. You know, you're going to say things that some people like and a lot of people don't. Just that's the way it is. But I will, I do find myself like when I didn't have those notifications turned off, I would get into it with these people. And for a while, and I was just kind of like, 
What's the point? Yeah. You're not changing people's minds. Mm -mm. You're just wasting your time. You're literally wasting your time. You're getting upset. It's like, you want to like dunk on these people, but it's like, look, here's the deal. It's like half of them, like these liberals, like it's picking on a special needs guy. It's like, yeah, you won, but you also beat a retard. So you're really proud of yourself. It's like, come on. These people don't even know what gender they are. And you're sitting there trying to like score political points on these people. It's like, no, you're just wasting your time. Um, Prominent civil rights lawyer Cheryl Ifill is abandoning NX. I don't even know why this is. This is from Politico.com. I don't even know why this is a story. Like, yeah, what makes yeah, you so special? Yeah. It's like the whole friggin' I'm unfollowing. It's like, well, I'm sorry for your loss. <laughs> it's, it's, I wasn't following you to begin with. I didn't even know you lived, but whatever. Okay, do your thing. But just the level of um, self inflated self worth with these people, it's just pathetic. To make such an announcement, and then for Politico to pick this up, it's like, who gives a damn? I'm sure there's a lot of people. I still want to see accountability for everybody that said they were going to leave the country if Trump had got elected. I'm still waiting to see that. I think it was Whoopi, Cher, how many other celebrities out there said that, and they never made good on it? I think there should be, like, legitimately a, um, uh, like, some kind of document you can sign see, to where it's well, like... What do you got? He wasn't banned for the Sandy Hook stuff. He no, was, no, that's why Alex Jones didn't want to let him back on. It was because of that. Or that's why Elon didn't want to let Alex back home. No, he was banned for something else, I think. Yeah, for the Oliver Darcy, getting into it with him in the hallway. Uh, no, I'm not. Okay, what was this? Standing there in the halls of Congress outside the room where Twitter CEO sat in front of uh, nearly every tech reporter in the industry. Jones tested the limits of what he could get away with with uh, until suddenly he couldn't get away with it anymore. Jones was capitalizing on his ouster from Twitter. Uh, yeah, This is from like... 2018. Yeah, that's that, I think that, that was, was the date of like, his last yeah, tweet. Yeah, it's when he got for a while. in Oliver Darcy's face and started shit-talking him there in front of everybody. Good, he deserves it. Yeah, and that's why they booted him off of Twitter. Mm. But, yeah. but Elon said he wasn't letting him back on because of the Sandy Hook Yeah, comments. that whole ordeal. I remember reading that, and uh, I was just kind of like, how are you going to sit there and say that you're free speech and then you're banning dudes? Yeah. It's like, now, Grant, again, we've talked about this so many times that you have to have terms of services. They're, they're going to have to be there because if not, then you're going to get... I mean, oh man, I got the porn bots are just ridiculous. There's it's, a ton of porn it's, on Twitter. It's, yeah, it's insane to the point like, um, <clears throat> I, I it's like some kind of algorithm or something. Every time I post within two minutes, there's a porn bot commenting in my thing. And I have to go in there and report and block and hide each one because I don't want that in my feed. I don't want people reading the comments and seeing this, you know, uh, stupidity. But he's got a problem with this. Like this, this stuff needs to, like there needs to be a, I'm sorry, I think there should be no porn on the platform. I think if you're if you're sitting there Probably, saying, yeah. I think Instagram does it. Well, Instagram does it for a select few because you know liberals you don't can have pop to be their boobs out or anything like that to get no. on Twitter, right? Mm-hmm. You just get on it. You so. can get on, have an email. That's all you got to do. Yeah, so kids so can get like, on there and start yeah. posting. One hundred percent. Yeah. So it's like I think they should definitely clean that up. Yep. Um, but the bots are just so annoying, and these are legit bots. Like they were created like two days prior, no followers, and they just they spam your comments with these freaking porn sites. And it just, it gets repetitive. It gets annoying. Check out John's favorite porn site. There you go. Midget thumb wrestling. (laughs) We call it sausage time. But yeah. Uh, Elon asked Alex about the same. I have not, apparently they did a Twitter space the other day. Um, Very eye opening. But uh, I need to go listen to it. Apparently like Elon and Alex did a lot of talking. Um, 
Yeah. The last time I saw Alex is when he had Nick Fuentes on a show with Kanye and he was sitting there like turning beet red because he knew he just brought in two massive anti-Semites onto a show. And he's just sitting there trying to like, it's like, oh, this is fine. Like the studio's burning down around me. This is fine. Got to rehearse her off. Oh my God. And then, you know, Kanye's like, I love Hitler. And Jones is like sitting there nervously laughing. Oh, he's just cutting folks. Like, no, I'm not. And it's like, oh God. Nick Fuentes is over there just, you know, doing his thing. It's hilarious. Hilarious. Uh, but yeah, I saw that. All right. Also, funny news. <laughs> Did you see the Vivek Ramaswamy thing? Uh-uh. Oh, bro, it's it's real. I haven't listened to it yet. So Vivek Ramaswamy is doing a live space with Elon Musk. Okay, and I guess he left his mic on and he took a piss. <laughs> it's like something out of Naked Gun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Politics aside, that's funny. I don't care who you are. Yeah. If you're Vivek, play this off, dude. Like I, I would not sit there and be like, hey guys, yeah. Guess what? I pee just like the rest of you, and I left my mic on. Guess what? Boomers and technology, we don't mix. But I, you know, I'm not a fan of Vivek's, you know, his stances on a few things. But let's listen to this. This is um, Vivek Ramaswamy apparently caught peeing on hot mic during Elon Musk live stream. Oh my god. Uh, this time, Vivek Ramaswamy wasn't in a pissing match against other GOP presidential candidates. He was apparently peeing all on his own. Check out the audio below. The combative entrepreneur was heard using the bathroom on a hot mic during a conversation with Elon Musk, Alex Jones, and other right-wingers in an X-Spaces live stream Sunday. Um, let's, let's listen to it here. This should... Uh, <laughs> I haven't listened to it yet. This should be good. Here we go. Let's open this up. All right, one second. Let me get the audio up. Here we go. I'll make sure I don't blast your eardrums out. Here we go. Promoting an optimistic pro-human future that the science and evidence shows is real and that we need. Gentlemen, I have to yeah, go. Yeah, I, I just, I just okay. want to be sort of, uh, yeah, exactly. I want to be clear about Please, my position. I'm, su- I'm super pro-human, and I mean all humans. Uh, you know, Vivek's got his mic on. Somebody's got their thing open. And everywhere else. Their phone open in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, Vivek. Vivek, that's that's your phone, Vivek. I'm not able to mute you. Vivek. <laughs> uh, Go ahead, Elon. Um, Sorry about that. So, um... <laughs> dude, come on. That's good. That's good stuff right there. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, that's funny as hell. I don't care who you are. That's funny as hell. Um. Bro, that was a pretty weak stream, though. I'm not gonna lie. Like, bro, drink more water. <laughs> you need to drink more water. That was a very weak stream. Alex, well, somebody's paying out right now. You got your mic right Someone's sitting down. You got right like now. one of the richest dudes in the world. You got uh, Vivek Ramaswamy. You got Alex Jones, and you're sitting there and you're <laughs> bro, listening to him pee. You couldn't. Have, you couldn't have made it any better. It, this, that was just the greatest thing ever. Good for him. Uh, John finishing gets better. Okay, Wait, there's only like a few seconds left in this clip. Let me. Listen to the rest. Hold on. <laughs> well, I hope you feel better. I feel great. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. <laughs> it's like, I feel great. Thank you. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, that's... What are you going to say? Uh, I would gonna do? run with it, dude. Run with it. Own that shit. Own it. Excuse me. Own that crap. I got to stop cussing. Own it. That's that's hilarious right there. Because when I saw that, you know, a lot of the the opposition to Vivek, they're going to try and capitalize on this. Look at Vivek. It's like, bro, really? It's like, I, I would leave this alone. Laugh it off. This is not one of those things that it needs to be like, uh, you know, partisans. Like, come on. This is funny. Everybody can laugh. Um, I certainly did. Now, of course, you're going to have people on the opposing political sides or even in their own um, for this primary. Each camp is going to try and take this and run with it. You'd be foolish to let it go. Don't try and use this as cannon fodder. What it's not going to really look- hilarious as if Hunter Biden got in on it. Oh my God. 
Oh my God! Can you believe this guy? <laughs> peed, peed on a I know I was Twitter banging space. strippers and doing blow and spending your taxpayer, but this guy peed on a hot mic. We should focus on him. It's like, <laughs> what a weirdo! <laughs> Does he have any coke? <laughs> oh my God! I saw that. Like I said, I saw that uh, hitting the news out there, and I'm just like, this is hilarious. But you know, someone's gonna take this and run. They're gonna try and make some kind of political point on this. Like what? What kind of political point would you make using this? There isn't one. It's just no. like it's Vivek peed on a hot mic. Good for you, bro. I mean, they're humans just like us, kind of. Except you know, Zuckerberg, he's a lizard, and uh, freaking Newsom. I don't like those people very much yeah. at all. At all. Oh my God, R. Kelly is that R. The chat? R. Kelly's it. There you go. He was a country boy. Scotland. What, what? What's going on with the Scots over there? Josh asked me part of the show. Uh, the article comes to us from Breitbart. This one says, Outrage as Scotland to allow biological male trans criminals in female prisons to affirm identity. Uh, and, you know, I'd, I'd been to Edinburgh this year uh, for New Year's. We spent New Year's there. And um, Scotland's a very... I didn't get to go to the Highlands. I was kind of irked at myself for that one, but we were, we'd were we been traveling so much. <clears throat> the tour was literally like an all-day tour. We had to be up at like 06 ready to go. And we just slept through it. It was just like, well, yeah, this is vacation. Damn it. We're, we're, we're relaxing. But so we stayed around Edinburgh and, um, there was a lot of, uh, trans flags in certain areas, like certain areas you'd go to, uh, gay flags, trans flags. I think it was like kind of like the gay part over there. But, uh, for the most part, like everything else was like, it was nice. There weren't any of the nonsensical flags. Like people were getting so tired of that. It's like, it's like a rainbow flag. It's like, stop. Like, matter of fact, when we were at McKinney this weekend, they were having a parade. They were setting up for a parade. And of course there's a float with all kinds of fruitcake flags. I'm like, dude, really? Nobody cares. Like nobody cares. You want people to care, but we're getting tired of this. Now, mm. now they have a new flag. It was all like weird colors. Like it's dude, it's, it's so, it's so stupid. It's so stupid. It's like, they have to be unique little snowflakes, have their own flag now. Bunch of flaggots. <laughs> That's funny right there. I don't care who you are. It's funny. He just uh, captured lightning in a bottle. There you go. Uh, yeah, but the, in Scotland, there was there was like bars and stuff that had those kinds of flags there. I guess, the, you know, the way of telling you, hey, we're a fruitcake bar. So it is what it is. But uh, yeah, Scotland of all places. Like what happened to them? Like you, you were the Highland warriors, bro. Yeah. Like you, you, you had the clans out there, not the hood clans, the kilt clans, <laughs> not the Bernie crosses, the stabby clans. <laughs> oh, totally different, totally different thing there. Um, the stabby clans. <laughs> but uh, I, I just it's so sad to see Scotland go down this road. You know, America, we're right behind it. Uh, the Scottish Prison Service has issued guidance saying that biological males who identify as women, including some with a history of violence against women, should be placed in female-only jails in order to allow them to spend time around people of their affirmed gender. Boy, that'll make you straighten up, right? <laughs> hey, you don't want to go to jail. Right, right. And you know whose fault this is? It's feminists. This is your fault. It's, it's your fault. Everything that is, has happened has been a result of of your progressive uh, policies, your cultural stances on this insanity, which, if you really think about it, has come full circle and now turned back into supporting misogyny. The patriarchy is back and alive and it's well, and it's in the LGBTQ. You brought it back. Like, you, yeah, we killed it. You resurrected that bad boy. It's like, here we go. So now dudes can play in your sports and dominate you because it's always, it's always the feminists out there screaming like the, the rap, rapapino moron, a little pink hair p- 
Puff Bunny, whatever she is. I don't know which moron. Like, you sit there and you say that we should have equality for women. I mean, we can compete in men's sports and they can compete in our sports. And then women don't compete in men's sports. Men start competing. Weak men start competing in women's sports and still crushing you. Yeah. Therefore, debunking and proving wrong the argument that men and women are the same. No, we are not. not no, even, we are not. Not even sending our best. I would. <laughs> we're not even sending our best. Nah, we're not. You are literally getting the hand-me-down men that can't. They aren't even alpha enough to you know, compete in men's sports. Leah Thompson or Thomas, whatever that nut job's name is, you know that guy playing like four hundred something in men's division Leah goes to women nuts. and he just cleans up. Yeah, it's like yeah, you're getting beat by our like not even the freaking. You're not even getting beat by our JV team. Like you're getting beat by the kindergarten team. It's that bad. So congratulations, feminist. You did yourself a very very uh, honorable thing here. Now, as a result. You're getting men, violent men, in female prisons. Oh, gee, what do you think is going to happen there? I think they tried this in America before, but women started getting knocked up by these trans dudes. Yeah. I think it was America. This is like a year or so. I remember reading the articles on this. Sounds right. Because it was just kind of like, oh, which direction is this going to go? Hmm, I wonder. This won't end badly. Dude's got a wiener. You put him in an all-female populace because he's a trans woman. You think they're not going to get it on? Like, seriously? So... Oh my God, it's hilarious. I mean, it's it's just the funniest thing ever. But Scott, Scotland of all places, it's just it's so sad to say. But uh. they'll reverse that very soon. They're, they're gonna have to. When you start getting the inmates getting knocked up, it's like okay. Or like to be in that, you have to have, you have to go through the process, like yeah, chopping your your twig and berries off. Mm. I don't know if they'll do that. I don't know. That'd be very curious. But even still, even with that happening, these are still full grown men beating the snot out of women. So it's going to be dudes running like gangs in there with women as their little pawns. I'm, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. They're turning the trannies gay. Turning the trannies gay. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Pretty funny, Tammy. Transaction complete. Nailed it. This right here was interesting. It's another indicator of how bad the DNC is right here. Democrat commentator admits they are that key groups are moving away from the party. Opinion by Joseph Ellis. CNN political commentator Van Jones expressed that many Jewish Americans feel unsupported by the progressive movement, but do feel supported by President Joe Biden. Joe Biden, in all fairness, has fenced walked as much as he could. That guy has, he's done his, he's, he's done what he could to support Israel, but he has not been a very, very big staunch ally, especially the DNC with the likes of Rashida Tlaib and the rest of them. They are no friends to the Jews at all. So you're seeing an indicator like this, a, a CNN commentator, Van Jones, coming out and saying, hey, you know, we don't feel like our party is taking care of the Jewish people because your party is full of anti-Semites. Now, I'm not even going to sit here and say Republicans aren't either. There's a lot of Republicans coming out now that are, I would say, far less in the GOP than in the DNC, for sure. Far less. But I'm not going to sit there and pretend like, oh, they don't exist within Republican. Yeah, they do. It's yeah. a little surprising. To this level? Yeah. I, I, I didn't think it would be this big. But everybody calls me like a Zionist now. I was like, I really don't care what you call me. I was like, okay. Jew lover, okay. Oh, you got me there. Like, I think, you know, everybody should have access to liberty, freedom. You come in here, you should practice your religion and be left alone by the government, even if you're Jewish. Yeah. Oh, oh you shut your, your Jew lover. It's like, uh, yeah, it's called freedom, bro. If you, don't, if, you don't, if you don't like it, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. Why are you living in America? It's, it's beyond me. But it's, it's interesting, though, how racism towards blacks, big no-go. Can't do that. At all. Can't even make jokes. You get canceled. Towards Jews, oh, they're on the table. It's perfectly, it perfectly acceptable to be racist towards Jewish people or discriminatory. Let's let's leave it at discriminatory towards Jewish people. 
Blows my mind. I mean, if you're Jewish and you want to shop at Shell Shock CBD, absolutely. You've got all the money anyway. Oh, <laughs> I had to do it. I had to do it. <laughs> had to do it. That's why we're never going to go on Fox. Uh, he criticized college presidents for mishandling students. Uh, yeah, how many of those presidents stepped down? I think like two, right? I think there's one that has it or did all three? One has so far. God, yeah. Which one was she? It wasn't the uh, Harvard lady. It wasn't. Maybe it was Penn. It was Penn State? Maybe at our uh, uh, University of Pennsylvania. Yeah. Uh, I think that might be it. Yeah, they're going to be gone soon enough. I mean, they're gonna—they're hemorrhaging donor money. The alumni are kind of like, what the hell? Like, absolutely not. But this, again, it, isn't it funny how all three are progressive women? Not that the progressive men are any better. Strange. Yeah, weird. Weird. Very weird. Do me a favor. Hit that thumbs up button. Leave a comment, folks. That helps us out so much. More than you realize. More than you realize. Um... He criticized college presidents for mishandling students involved in conflicts related to Iran, emphasized the need for education on longstanding conflicts and distinguishing between freedom fighters like Nelson Mandela and groups like Hamas. Is Rumble not working again? I'm trying to refresh the stream and it's not working. Yeah, it's still on. We're still on? Okay, I can't see the chat now. That's great. Jones also noted that working-class men of color and Muslims are potentially distancing themselves from the Democratic Party with concerns about support from progressives and Biden's stance on Palestinian issues. Um, SNL uh, did a a spiel about um, Representative uh, Stefanik, Stefanik, excuse me, um, going after these heads, and they were making fun of her. And like SNL, of all people, it's like you're making fun of the woman that's exposing anti-Semitism. It's like you, you people like SNL. I'm not even lying. I don't, I'm not a fan of SNL. They have not been funny since the era of David Spade, Chris Farley, Adam Sandler. You know those, even Will Ferrell, which Will, is the, Ferrell, Will yeah. Ferrell. That was like later on in the 2000s versus the early 90s. And it's like you, you've not been funny for a very long time. Like you're just, you're not. Nobody wants to take you seriously anymore. And then you come out and you do this. And it's like, dude, do you really not like being successful? Like you really suck at this. Like you're not even funny anymore. So, but they came out and they did like a skit making fun of this woman. I was like, this woman's actually doing a good thing. She's exposing the anti-Semites out there. Like, I don't understand the, the problem behind this. But then again, you know, I'm not a freaking moron. So, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, it was, a, uh, it was the University of Penn. What's the lady's name? Uh, mm. It is Liz McGill. Mm. Liz McGill. Uh, Cheryl Sandelberg and other people went to the United Nations and said rape is not resistance. And we've got to make sure that we've got a whole generation of young people who they don't understand some of these longstanding conflicts and the idea that Nelson Mandela was a freedom fighter, Jones said. He never raped anybody. He never kidnapped anybody's grandmother. If he used weapons, he went after soldiers and infrastructure. Those are freedom fighters. Hamas is not. We have a responsibility to say to this generation, he goes on and on trying to make the, uh, the justification of one versus the other, but... It's very, because there's another article here. It's from uh, msm.com, ENUS News. Black Lives Matter does not speak for black America. This is an opinion story by Bob Woodson. Uh, the out the outburst of support for Hamas, an Islamic terrorist group on college campuses after October 7th atrocities against Israel, caught many Americans off guard. Media coverage also revealed that Black Lives Matter BLM chapters were quick to find parallels between American systemic racism and in Israel, the so-called colonizer nation. As Israel's fight to destroy Hamas continues, we can only expect that the campus left and BLM to ramp up their shrill rhetoric for election year. This reaction is both embarrassingly ignorant and deeply destructive. These self-styled spokespeople for the 
oppressed have emerged from a media landscape of racial grievance and oppression Olympics, far removed from the complexities of the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Lacking any other context for understanding world events, these activists project their own warped vision of America onto the Middle East with white Israeli racists oppressing black Palestinian victims. But I, I can't even, it's like, bro, this is, this is hilarious. But I mean, it is just funny though, how you can see the comparisons and the lines being drawn here to where they're very similar, but they're all, all of them, all these groups are becoming very disenfranchised from the DNC. They're starting to wake up and understand. Now, instantly, I think a lot of people would think like, okay, they're going to come over to the right. No, they're not. They're not coming to the right. I can tell you that they're not coming over to the right. They'll go independent, which is a better thing. Better to have them on the left. Yeah. But Again, you've got Black Lives Matter. You've got more progressive, uh, specifically black progressive commentators saying these things. Folks, I've said this for uh, since the war in Israel started. The left is just infected with anti-Semitism. The right should be capitalizing on this left and right. This should be something going after, you know, leftist congresswomen for. But I feel like with all this infighting between the, the MAGA base, DeSantis, and the rest of them for the primaries, we're missing out on a very, very extraordinary opportunity right here to split the left wide open, to split them wide open. I think that's what uh, <clears throat> RFK is doing. Yeah, it, RFK, I will say, you know, I'm, I'm not going to vote for the dude, but he's a gun grabber and stuff. But, you know, RFK, he even he even understands. It's yeah. like to run as a Democrat Good luck. They're, they're not going to let you run, dude. Yeah. They're not going to let you. So you got to go in. It's a crime organization. Yeah, 100%. So, but not, even he's, he's not stupid. He sees yeah. it. Uh, at least as a Republican. Yeah. You could come in and yeah. do what you obviously, that's what Trump did. Well, did you see the thing RFK Jr. did the interview where he talked about uh, he flew on Epstein's plane twice and his wife had a relationship it. with uh, that uh, Giselle lady, the one that set up all the um, interactions for... Uh, yeah, I heard Epstein. about it. Yeah. He did, an interview. he did an interview. I didn't listen to the interview. I just heard about he it. He basically, he confirmed. He's like, I flew on it twice with my family. My wife had, uh, uh, I guess she was friends with the lady. Uh, and he wasn't He wasn't hiding it. He was just kind of like, look, you know, this is it. Uh, yeah, I flew on the plane. Because this is, a, this is such a tricky area that people are so quick to judge. It's like, look, flying on a plane does not a pedophile make. Although, it's certainly suspect because from what everybody's gathering is everyone apparently knew about Epstein Island. Yeah. Everybody knew. Even Trump talked about that. He likes some young folks. Like everybody, I think, knew. It's just that nobody talked about it. So that being said, that being the context, it's like, well, RFK, did you not know? And all he has to say, you know, it's deniable plausibility. Like, I didn't know. It's like, really? You're a Kennedy, bro. Like, really? Can you hear Rogan talking about when... Alex Jones was telling him way before anybody knew about Jeffrey mm. Epstein and the island and all mm. that stuff that there was an island that people would take children to. And mm. it's like, not surprised, not surprised. Yeah. Here we are. Here we are. But yeah, it's, I, I listened to the interview bits and pieces of it. And it was just like, I felt like it was one of those, like just his, his, his method was get in front of it, just get in front of it. And own it and be like, yeah, I flew on a guy. It's yeah. like, I'm not banging kids out here. Um, <clears throat> It certainly doesn't look good on him, though, because I know people were going off of the Epstein flight logs, but it's like, look, that's not proof. It just it proves they were on the plane. Right. Even if they were on the island, it's like, I, I, I don't know. It certainly does not look good, but, I mean, would I trust my uh, better judgment to say they're not? I, I can't say, but I will say this. Like, due process has to be given. Is it certainly... Um, Where's Suspect, absolutely. Where's the, black, the list? Yeah, the black book uh -huh. put a lot of this to rest. Yep. But who, for some who, reason, who's blocked we, that? The FBI. They're we, blocking this. Yeah, Ray. Can't seem good to, job, Ray. 
see that as a yeah. private citizen. Absolutely. It's ridiculous. They have this list. And folks, yeah. come on. They you know, know the only reason they're not releasing this list? What, what would you think? Because there's probably a lot of government officials on that list to include Bill Clinton. Oh, you shit. know Bill Clinton was over there having sex with children. You uh, know that. 100%. 100%. The guy had pictures of Bill Clinton in his, in his thing and wearing the dress. Yeah. These are very perverse people. These are very perverse people. So, I mean, I'm all for doing what you want in your own bedroom. I don't give a damn, but leave the kids out of it. That's, no, just, just a big no-go there. But, uh, yeah, they're not going to release that black book. I wonder why. I wonder why. Everybody oh. knows. Everybody knows. Uh, you ever heard the, it's, <laughs> it sounds like a raise. You ever heard the term dink? Dink. D-I-N-K. Uh, yeah. You've heard it? I've, yeah. I mean, not, back in the 80s. No, 90s. no, no. It's been, it's been uh, modified. It has a new meaning now. Okay, I know. Dink on cultural shift towards child-free lifestyle says older generation is narrow-minded for criticisms. Personal finance TikTokers say not having kids means more time, freedom, and energy, freedom to growing number of couples. Um, Dink stands for, I think, what is it? Don't marry something, not, uh, something, something, no kids. Dual income, no kids. Dual income, no kids. There you go. Um, Dink on cultural shift towards child-free lifestyle says older generation narrow-minded for criticisms. Um, there's TikToks about this all over the place. And it's always these condescending, uh, 20 something year olds. It's like, it's just, I'm a dink and blah, 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 blah. It's like, nobody cares. Like, yeah. We were all dinks at one point. Like, yeah. And then you pop out a couple of kids and now you're, you're dinkless, I guess. I don't, I don't know how you phrase that, but there, it's just every single one of these people, when they make these TikTok videos, it's always this look at me, pick me kind of attitude of like, look how more superior I am because of my lifestyle choice. It's like, here's the deal. If that's what you want to do, then do it. That, that's fine. But it's no different than those that are out there saying, you know, I'm popping out 10 kids and they try and lord that lifestyle over other people's heads saying, look how great we are for having all these kids. Single people are kind of like, yeah, nobody cares. That's fine. Be happy, but shut up. Stop being so condescending. It applies, you know, towards anybody out there. But these, these dinks have taken on a life of their own. That sounds so racist. It sounds so racist to say. It's a bunch of dinks. Uh, dinks in the wire. Dinks in the wire. <laughs> it's true. Uh, but they just you see some of these TikToks over on Twitter, and just, you want to smack these people. You just want to smack them. But the, the reason I brought this up, though, is I think we're going to see more dinkles in the future because the way the economy is right now, I can't imagine being on uh, paycheck to paycheck and then having a kid with the prices of gas, the prices of groceries, all the nonsense in the schools. I, I or mortgage. Wrench, mortgage. Yeah, buying a house. Good luck. It's insanely difficult. So the average is $3,300. Yeah, that's insane. That's crazy. That's insane. So you're going to see more dinks pop up. You're going to have a lot of dinks out there. Many dinks. Dinks of all. A lot of dinkles. A lot of dinkles. Peter Dinklage. <laughs> Dinks, I don't know. Um, but here's the thing. is like economic, economically, I, I can't blame them. Dual income, that seems like right now under the Biden economy, that's the only way to really get ahead is you have to have somebody else with an income and you're splitting a mortgage or you're splitting an apartment and you're saving your money. Uh, I mean, good grief, dude. It's, it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous, but you're going to see more of this. And I can't blame them, but you don't have to be so condescending about it, you little snots. Like, I'm a dink. No, you're stupid is what you are. No, nobody loves you. Anyway, I'm uh, so mean. No, it is not a Chinese name. No. Form. It's dual income, no kids. It's an acronym. Um, 
Yeah, Rumble's still not working for me. I don't know. I, they tweeted out they were having some system issues. Uh, next, most certainly not least, uh, Nikki, that's supposed to be last. But anyway, Nikki Haley put in her place by DeSantis and Ramaswamy following a false statement. This is coming into us from State of the Union. Opinion by Joseph Ellis. Uh, Republican presidential candidate Nikki Haley claimed during a debate that she never said the government should require social media users to be identified by name. Uh, yeah, yes, you did. did. <laughs> yes, you did. Um, however, this claim was found to be false. In a previous event, she stated that every person on social media should be verified by their name, citing national security concerns and the need for civility. She actually said it in, I think, like the first or second debate. Yeah. Yes, she did say that. And on a podcast. Yeah, in an interview. And then she's like, no, I didn't. It's like, uh, yeah, you did. Uh, no, I didn't. It's like, you're trying to like Jedi mind trick the world with this. Though? Like, what are you doing here? But this, this is what people do. Oh, Tim Kennedy's getting roasted again. Really? Oh my God. Tim Kennedy's back in the new, well, in the bro vet culture circle. Um, when he did that, uh, that podcast with Lance Armstrong, Armstrong, you years ago, we talked about, you right. know, 17 year olds shouldn't have access to it. You know, the whole deal there. Um, well, USCCA has been using him as their spokesperson, which I find to be completely, it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> I could think of a lot better people to use, but okay. Uh, Tim Kennedy is their, their person. And he's getting roasted in the comments every post, justifiably so. When you say the things you say and you double down and you didn't apologize, but so there's this, this, I guess he's a big YouTuber. He's another veteran, I guess. And he goes after Kennedy. But Kennedy, he, he's responding to a video Kennedy put out where Kennedy's like, look, I'm for the Second Amendment. I'm paraphrasing. I'm for the Second Amendment. Are there some good gun laws? Yes, there are. And I'm like, dude, what? <laughs> like, what, what, bro? Like, you, you say one thing and then counteract it with saying something that contradicts it. It's like, just would you just be consistent and say, look, I do not support the Second Amendment to the extent that most people do. But he is getting roasted. And so he does, this guy does a response video and breaks down Kennedy's stances here. And when Kennedy does his, his video explaining, he's like, look, there's these people in the comments. They're basically saying, you know, I'm not pro 2A. Nothing is furtive. And I'm paraphrasing again. But then he just comes out and he contradicts himself by saying, you know, but there are some good gun laws. I'm like, oh, boy. Did you name him? Uh, no. He didn't go into it. He was just glossing it over, uh, glossing over. And this guy just rips the video down and then literally shares Kennedy's statements. Like, you say you're not, listen to this. Boom. He says, like, what does that mean? And he explains to the people, most people in the gun community understand that when you give ground to the left when it comes to guns and firearms, you're not getting that ground back. It's permanently gone. So you don't concede any ground on the Second Amendment or any, any amendment for that matter because the left does not give it back or the government in general. Let's just be honest. So this guy's just ripping Kennedy apart. And, you know, Kennedy, all he had to say is, hey, guys, I was wrong. I apologize for it. I, I had to educate myself, and I, that's not my stance. And I would think you'd probably get a lot more people being very forgiving, saying, okay, at least now you're back on our side. Good. You're educated. You understand more about it. But that's not what he does. That's not what he does. And he just keeps doubling down. It's like, dude, you deserve this roasting. You're sitting there advocating. He even advocates for a company that does, like, uh, in-depth background checks. And I'm kind of like, bro. It's like, hey, I'm, I'm here to uh, stand for chickens, but also sell you rotisserie chicken on the side. Free chickens and then eat them. Like, it just, it doesn't make sense. But being he's got such a massive following, these, these gun companies, if they use this guy as their poster boy, and I'm like, this is how stupid our nation has become. That, that's how bad it's become that you use people that are not fully pro 2A to be your poster child because what, they're a former Green Beret, Special Forces, sniper, business owner, blah, 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 everything that he lists, his whole ERB, every podcast. It's kind of like, cool, dude. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> done a lot. Done a lot. So have a lot of other people. And those other people also actually stand for the Second Amendment. So he deserves it. I'm sorry. He deserves it. 
that I mean, I'm no friend of his, but you know, we, he came on the show, did the interview. He said he did it out of respect for my ex-wife then who was a cop. I'm like, you should do it for the truth. You're not doing me any favors. Like I'm doing you a favor yeah. because I actually support the second amendment. I'm doing you a favor by interviewing you. But all he did was he just doubled down on it. It's like, all right, whatever. Yeah. And he does another video and he just doubles down on it. It's like, dude, you just don't know when to stop. I like remember you, that. That was a, yeah, that's the NRA show we went to. Yeah. yeah. In, in, uh, here in Dallas, yep. actually, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was nice of him to do the show. Sure. He didn't have to, but he just kept going with it. And, was like, and then he tried to give me this whole spiel about like what the Second Amendment was for landowners. Like, bro, this is this is not then. We're talking about now. So the intellectual dishonesty, I can't stand it. I, I cannot stand when people do that. It's so, it's like, it's, it's, it's insulting. It's insulting. It's like, bro, you said this. Own it or just apologize and say, hey, I was wrong. And people are like, okay, fair enough. I was wrong. I mean, I, I, I freaking, uh, I was all for the bump stock bans at first. Cause I didn't really understand the in-depth yeah. of the second amendment. And then it was like, and I had to go back. I was like, Oh crap. I was wrong. I was like, Austin Peterson educated me of all people. I was like, I was hundred percent wrong. And then I, it kind of opened your mind to the constitutionality and what our rights mean. Uh, and that's why I said voter ignorance. Same yeah. with me. I'm case of point voter ignorance. And now it's like, I will never do that again ever. But I was like, hey, I was wrong. I apologize for that. I don't think it's necessarily about the bump stock ban, but it's about these little rules gonna, yep. that you keep adding yep. on and on. And all of a sudden it piles up to, oh, yeah. you can't own a gun. Or if you want to own a gun, we yeah. have to have your name. Well, I mean, there's the whole and, thing behind the Second Amendment, what it covers, what it entails. And yeah. to me, it's like bump stocks are part of that. And then, I mean, you can make the argument like, you are know. Are you okay with a background check? No, I'm not. Really? Absolutely. That is your right. It is your right to own what a firearm. What about criminals owning firearms? That's why, I mean, if criminals own firearms, it's kind of like one of those things of like, that's why I carry because criminals already own firearms. Right. They, they, people can put that positioning out there. But if like, they get pulled over <laughs> and they have a record and a police officer sees a gun in their car, then they'd be like, uh, you're not yeah. supposed to have a gun. Then put them in jail. Right. Yeah. There you go. But I mean, because ultimately we, we look at the supposed good that these policies can do, but we never really focus too much on the bad. Now we've seen people that have, you know, the government weaponizes its investigations towards where now you're a felon, a felon for whatever. So let me let me ask you this. Should someone who's a felon not be allowed to own a firearm that didn't commit a felony that was involving a firearm? Maybe it was like something else to do with the white collar crime that was a federal crime. Should they not no longer be allowed to own a firearm? I think the punishment has to fit the crime. Yeah. Now, I mean, if obviously they, a murderer or a rapist probably oh, of is going to yeah, get I'm, out of yeah. jail. So yeah. probably, hopefully you wouldn't have to worry about those people. But yeah, um, I guess after a, a certain amount of time, you know, as long as it's a nonviolent crime. I was going to say, if there's if it's a victimless crime, why are you taking their firearm possession rights? Well, I don't think there's any victimless crimes, are there? There's always a victim in a crime. Mm, no, there's not. If I get pulled over for not wearing my seatbelt, who's the victim? Oh, well, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm talking about like you know, if someone Welcome steals to libertarianism. Your, if someone steals your identity. Well, of course, yeah, but you're talking about. A, I'm talking yeah. about there are there are victimless crimes. It's like, what's the point in this? Like, I get it. Like, here's the deal. It's like, do I think that you should be required to wear a seatbelt? No, I don't. That's your vehicle. You bought no, it. I agree. My taxpayer goes to pay for this road. I should be able to drive on this thing however the hell I want. But the state cracks down and says you have to wear a seatbelt. Or by the way, you know, if you're going five over. And there are some cops that will get you for that. It's like, this is a victimless crime. I didn't, I didn't, what, what, who am I hurting here? Now there is the, the argument to be made of like the, the, the possibility of who you could potentially hurt. Uh, for example, like, you know, if you're going 10 over, you know, you have a higher chance of probably getting into an accident because you're going at a higher rate of speed, less time to react. Fair enough on that mm-hmm. one. But still to go back to the, uh, the gun conversation, it's like, if I committed a white collar crime, 
why am I having my gun rights? Day? Let's look at veterans by, by, for example, like a lot of veterans. Um, I talked to a gentleman from rumble about this at the debates. I said, there's a lot of veterans that will not go get behavioral health help because they're afraid that they're going to have their second amendment taken from them. And they're justified in this mm-hmm. fear. We've seen the administration going after, uh, well, maybe not this administration. Cause you know, more people are encouraging trans people to buy firearms than ever before. So it's kind of like, well, then if the trannies get them, then we get the veterans get them too. And it's like, let's just, let's just Rochambeau. Tranny versus veteran. Let's have some fun with this. But, uh, you know, that, that's just, that's how I feel on that one. But, yeah, going back to Nikki Haley uh, saying I that. The, I stand corrected. Oh, yeah. That's that's all Tim had to say. He's like, yeah, I was wrong. I get it, guys. But you see, that's the problem with a lot of people that are in the influencer world is that you feel like you're going to have to be the end-all, be-all, subject matter expert on everything. I will never sit here on the show and say that I'm a subject matter expert on anything, but it's like, it's a matter of learning. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a process of opening up your mind to new ideas and understandings and perspectives, quite honestly. But when you have influencers in that gun community, like Tim Kennedy, it's kind of like you are the subject matter expert, yeah. but it also works massively to your discredit that when you come out there as a subject matter expert on law or excuse me, on, on firearms, well, that kind of goes hand in hand with also knowing the law on said firearms. So when you stand in opposition to the second amendment and a firearms guy, it's like, I don't know how to take you. So I don't know, but I saw that it was uh, somebody sent me that video and it was the YouTuber guy. Like I think he had like a hundred, four and something thousand followers. I hate just the, this is like three weeks ago and he flames Kennedy. I was like, well, that's, I don't know what to tell you, but yeah. Uh, Javier Millet. Um, Javier. Javier. I can never say it. Javier Malay inaugurated president of Argentina. He's already taken over. Good for him. Libertarian economist Javier Malay, well, Javier, excuse me, uh, was inaugurated president of Argentina on Sunday, flanked by a host of heads of state, including Spanish King Felipe and Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky. I don't know why Zelensky's there. They don't have any money to give you, buddy. Like, they have nothing to give you. Now, okay, I'm sorry. You're the president of Ukraine. You're currently under siege. You're currently being invaded. Why are you going to Argentina? You should probably be staying in your country. You guys interested in a war? <laughs> you guys want to buy some more? I, I could sell you some more. Malay's inauguration concludes a dramatic and rapid ascent to political power for the economist and television commentator who formed his political party, Liberty Advances, in 2021. Liberty Advances won its first seats in the Argentine Congress that year on an anti-socialist small government platform. Malay's first and only public office before becoming president was to serve in the Argentine Congress for two years. He is the nation's first libertarian president and vanquished both the deeply entrenched leftist personite elite previously in power and the establishment center-right coalition that controlled the opposition for nearly two decades. Malay won Argentina's presidential election on November 19th against Sergio Massa, the socialist now former economy minister whose government presided over an unprecedented economic crisis that has led to triple digit inflation. Javier Malay's new president tells Argentina shock treatment looms. I hope people understand that, that he's you're, you're about to get, it's about to get a little bit worse, but it will get better. He's about to cut so much. He has to. Uh, Argentina's new far right. I love how the new, this is from BBC, far right. What constitutes far, what is far right? To me, far right meant the same as like far left. Like this is where the zealots are. This is where the racists, the white nationalists, that's where they're at is the far right. Far left is the more progressive, insanity, septum ring, blue haired, uh, you know. Seems like they're all on board with that though. Yeah, to a degree. They all seem kind of cuckoo, but I don't, what, what, what constitutes him being far right? 
I'm curious on as a libertarian, he he's not. Yeah, it's like he's not. He's more centrist. Like, what are you talking about? Like far right, but okay. Um, Javier Malay warned Argentines there is no money and uh, recommitted to a program to of harsh austerity measures. The populist outsider won a surprise event. I don't care about this. Okay, but in a day of pomp and service, the 50-year-old ca- captain's extraordinary rise to power with a speech, which left Argentines in no doubt he intends to embark on an economic path unlike any previous president. He said he would undo decades of decadence with deep spending cuts designed to slash huge public debts and drive down inflation, which is now higher than 140%. Whew, good Lord. The bottom line is that there is no alternative to austerity and there is no alternative to shock treatment, Mr. Malay said. We know that in short term, the situation will worsen, but then we will see the fruits of our efforts. Mr. Malay waved to supports during a procession or he waved to supporters during a procession to the presidential palace alongside his sister, Katrina or Karina, uh, the confidant who is expected to play an influential role behind the scenes in his new administration. He addressed the crowd and chanted campaign slogans from the balcony and was presented with the blue and white presidential slash and baton, which he had personalized with engravings of his five dogs. Mr. Malay has risen rapidly from relatively relative obscurity to Argentina's highest office in a right wing platform, which includes restricting abortion rights, liberalizing gun laws and climate change denial. How does that make him far right? Liberalizing gun law? I mean, okay. He was frequently pictured wielding a chainsaw on the campaign trail, and his unflinching statements have been linked to former U.S. President Donald Trump and former Brazilian President Jair Bolsonaro. Here, uh, During the campaign, he said he would uh, replace Argentina's currency with the dollar and abolish the country's central bank alongside with a host of government departments. He's talking about slashing. Um, yeah, the peso Argentina's in battle currency is in long-term freefall. Poverty levels have soared up to 40%. And according to IMF data, the economy is in a deep, deep recession. There is little doubt that Mr. Malay has inherited an economy in crisis. What is not clear is whether he will continue along the path of radical solutions he proposed during his campaign or whether he will moderate his promises so as not to rock the boat. The new president will likely face opposition in Argentina's Congress, where the coalition of small right-wing and libertarian parties he leads has only minority representation. It's going to be very interesting to see how he actually overcomes that. Some observers have noted a more moderate tone since his victory was confirmed. However, hours into the job, the new president signaled he intends to govern as he campaigned by signing a decree to reduce the number of departments from 18 to 9, making good on a key pledge. Bro, can can we get some of that over here? Oh, no. Can we get some of that over here in America? Can you imagine a president walking in and saying, all right, by the way, Department of Education, gone, done. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, my gosh. That'd be great. Yeah. Uh, That's man. what you have to do when, you, when yeah. you're in triple digits. Bro, when it gets that bad, oh, my goodness. 140%. 100, uh, man. That's just nuts. It's just nuts. Yeah. It's crazy. It's so crazy. But good for them. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly happy for Argentina. I'd like to see that here. Yeah. Well, I, I sincerely hope he does this the right way. And, it, you know, because right now the entire world is watching Argentina. Because if libertarian policies, specifically economic ones, can turn that country around from 140% inflation, then there's something to this. There's something to the idea of minimalist government and letting capitalism reign. But... We'll see. I hope he doesn't go back on his word. I sincerely do. I, I hope he, he he governs the way he campaigned. We'll see. But um, anyway, we appreciate um, 
all your love and support, folks. Thank you for tuning in today for the, today's episode. Don't forget, you can download these episodes on iTunes or wherever podcasts are downloaded. Don't forget to hit the like button, hit the share button, and leave a comment below. It does so much to help us. We're incredibly grateful for all your love and support there. Sorry for blowing your eardrums out there with the song. But yeah, go check us out. ShellshockCBD.com. Follow me at JohnBerg39 on Twitter. We appreciate your love. We'll be back right here tomorrow at 12 p.m. CST on Rumble. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Anything to have, man? You guys have a great day. And as always... Viva la liberté! City sidewalks, busy sidewalks, dressed in holiday style. In the air, there's a feeling.